Hey, what's up, guys, and welcome back to the Live Free Podcast. We've got a pretty exciting one today. Um, before we jump right into it, uh, we do ask that if you learned something or if you liked listening to this podcast, you do give us a follow and a little bit of a rating. It really helps out a lot. Let's know you want to hear more from us. Um, so let's just get right started. How are we doing today, JD? Mike, I am doing amazing today. I've been getting some good news on a lot of different projects that we're about to bring to a close and be able to get started. Uh, I'm getting some news on some other things that might be coming through the pipeline down the road. So just excited about all the stuff that's going on in the Poconos right now, and it's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, there's so much stuff going on in the Poconos right now with the market sort of slowing down a little bit because these rates going so so high. You want to talk a little bit about that first? Yeah, yeah, they've hit uh, 7% this week, which I've never seen in my real estate investing lifetime. I mean, uh, I'm a little young to the game, I guess, five years in, but I know you've never seen anything like it. And the difference that makes on what you can afford and what's going to cash flow more so is, is so important. Yeah, it's much harder to find a place um, that will cash flow because for, for a little bit of context, I bought my place back in May, which is only four or five months ago. And I got it at a 4.2% interest rate, which is, is much higher now. It's 7%. That's, that's crazy how fast it's come in such short time. Yeah, totally. I know I got one of my first houses at a 4.875. And when rates dropped down to like 2.85 or whatever it was, I remember thinking, wow, like I really missed out. But now I'm so happy to have so many houses in the fours. And looking at houses in the sevens, I was thinking about this today. You bought your house at, I think it was 242 500 246.5 yes after yeah, yeah okay it might it must have appraised a little low but so 246.500 and we looked at another house this week that was similar uh to it in size it's finished very well and i was thinking like okay these are similar houses maybe the price works but you have to remember the bias uh with the interest rates is that house price just has to come down right now like it's not worth the 250 they're asking uh like you paid before because the the mortgage is so much higher and really, in, in, in a spectrum, cash is king, and everything should go by cash prices, and financing shouldn't be the seller's problem. But at the end of the day, it is. Most buyers are going to buy with financing, and that has to be a factor. So right now, I think there's a good opportunity to, to grab things and negotiate prices lower against any seller that's in a squeeze, try to really get them down because they have to sell in a certain time window. And then at a future date, even if the price isn't exactly where you want it, you are going to be able to at some point refinance your house and get that mortgage way lower so if you can find something that the numbers work right now they're only going to get better and better in the future as inflation continues to rise and interest rates at some point come back down oh yeah you can only imagine how much more cash flow you're going to be able to make you know a year or two from now later when rates are two three four percent less than you're getting it at right now and you're going to refinance and have that monthly payment be three four five hundred dollars less than it is right now you're just going to pocket all that money every single month it's it, it means a lot and right now it's it's what we've been sort of doing is been able to like go back and at houses that we we saw on the market before that are still sitting on the market because there's not as many people going after them you can sort of just start to start lowballing these these sellers a little bit and, and push them down a little bit like you're saying yeah, totally. Especially the ones that overpriced before, where we thought it would be a great short-term rental, but the price was just too high for us. Now that rates are higher and the sellers are kind of stuck in this position with so many days on market, and they have to let go, whether they, they got uh, financing to do renovations or whatever their holding costs are, or the house has just been sitting vacant, they need to let these houses go and you can really squeeze them down. Another thing to keep in mind is it's so important to get in the game. At, at 
any point, the most important thing you can do is make a move. And the reason I say that is if you think about owning a house for, say, five years, you fast forward yourself five years after you've bought a house, you've been paying down that house the whole time. Even if your cash flow is not crazy, you're paying down the house that whole time. Let's say rates do drop back down to the 3%. You're going to be able to refinance to a new 30-year mortgage again. Yes, I know maybe you don't want to have 30 years left on the mortgage, but what's going to happen at that point is your cash flow is going to jump up to an extreme rate because now your your loan amount is so much lower than what it would have been and your interest rate is low again. You're getting the, the perfect world in that sense, but also you're going to be able to cash out when you do that. So you're going to be getting a lump sum of twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars, and you're also going to have a much lower mortgage payment than you did before. So getting a new thirty-year mortgage five years from now could be a really interesting play to accelerate, and then put that thirty, forty into another property. You can turn one into two five years from now just by making the move today. Yeah, totally. Having that power of being able to get that next property with zero, that's zero dollars additional money out of your pocket because you're not actually pulling any more money out of your pocket. You're just pulling out the power of equity you have in your home built up and you're using all of that and just rolling that into the next property. So you're out of pocket, no more money, but you now have two properties instead of one. Exactly. And the appreciation factor. So let's say the house goes up just a mediocre 50,000 over the next five years. You've paid down another twenty, thirty thousand. So call it thirty. You have eighty thousand in equity that you're going to be able to cash out, refi, uh, take out a little bit of closing costs. But your mortgage will go lower when rates are lower, and you're going to get eighty thousand that you can put towards another purchase. Bang! You just turn one into two. But you could also wait five years and buy your first one then, uh, and be in the same spot just with one less house. Yeah, and it, it's so crazy. What people don't realize is, is the the growth is actually exponential because it's almost like a snowball it's like when you stand at the top of the hill and you start with a little snowball and you push it down the hill and it starts to get more and more snow attached and the snowball gets starts to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger it's the same thing with houses once you buy one you can you know wait two three years refinance use that one turn that into two two three years from that use those two turn those four or those turn those two houses into four houses turn those four into eight and then you're just you keep going and going and you have so much money you don't even know what to do with yeah, exactly. The, the snowball is going to happen and it just happens behind like a, a hidden curtain. And that's something that as people start to realize deeper into their journey is going to be the key to just scaling up even faster. Yeah, it, ha- it happens so much faster than you could even uh, ever imagine. And there's just so much power you can do. Um, and even that, like there's so much benefits to just owning real estate in general, like all the tax benefits um, and just things like that. You want to talk a little bit about some of the tax benefits and things like that? We need to. It's the perfect time of the year to get into tax benefits. So one thing that I started doing this year and that I'm looking to really capitalize on at the end of the year here is doing what's called a cost segregation study. And what that does is it allows you to depreciate on a different schedule. For those of you guys who are deeper into investing and you know that depreciation is one of the best tax write-offs you get with real estate, you're able to accelerate that even further where typically the schedule is a house is supposed to last 27 and a half years. You get to depreciate that by that division, if you will. Uh, but now you can accelerate it to a five-year plan where you can depreciate a certain number of things over a five-year term, and you might be able to write off around 20% of the house. So if you're buying a $400,000 house, you have an $80,000 write-off. Instead of, for those of you guys who have huge tax bills at the end of the, end of the year, mine wasn't fun last year. Instead of paying it to the IRS, I'd rather buy a place, write off all the amount I was supposed to owe, and come out with much less tax burden and save myself tens of thousands of dollars and end up with a house in my pocket 
uh, instead of a bill. So cost segregation is definitely a really good play. As long as you buy the house before year end, you're going to be good to capitalize on that. Yeah, it can be super powerful and especially very useful for, for some of those people that might have a W-2 job and have just started getting into real estate. Maybe they have one or two houses where that income from those houses might push them into that next higher tax bracket, meaning they're going to have to pay much, much more in taxes, where if you use sort of this cost segregation method, it can keep you in that lower tax bracket, saving you thousands of dollars. Yeah, I, I would definitely urge you guys to talk with your CPA, see how this strategy can help you in your situation, even for those of you with W-2s. Uh, you've already been paying these taxes, kind of just being withheld from your paycheck. Maybe you get a much larger return if you can pull the trigger here on something like this. Talk to your CPA and see what your options are. Yeah, it's also really nice to sort of not have to pay taxes on those those first one, two, or three years of owning that that property because you can sort of like defer them for a few years. Yeah, and you will have less that you can write off later. Um, you're kind of borrowing from the future. But anyone who's taken any economics classes knows that the present value of money is king. Having money now before inflation hits it, before taxes hit it, that's worth more than money in the future when you're going to get taxed on it. Yeah, and you just kind of put it there. Um, and another thing people don't really realize is when you're borrowing money, you're borrowing at today's value of money. Whereas, like, it'll you're still gonna owe the same amount total on the loan today than you will years from now. That's kind of confusing, but what I really mean is, as inflation continues to rise higher and higher and higher, money gets cheaper in a sense. It absolutely does. And that's that goes back to the present value of money. Borrowing $100,000 now is not the same as borrowing $100,000 10 years ago. Uh, and that's good. You ask your, your grandpa what $100,000 means to him. It's going to be very different than what it means to you. And that's the best way to look at it. Oh, most definitely. Um, do you want to move a little bit into sort of what we look for in the Poconos and just kind of like the, the Poconos in, in terms of things like that? Yeah. Yeah. Let's start with things to look for that'll help you save with cash on cash uh, since we're already on the topic of getting the most value out of deals uh, and rates. One of the, the big plays that you can make is getting a place fully furnished. And the reason that is, is a lot of these houses were already operating as short-term rentals and there's things you can do to improve upon them by managing them better, uh, by making some design adjustments, something that the seller would have had to, to pay cash. Um, but because of the position you're coming in and if you can get some get the furniture already financed in there, you're saving so much money on that cost that you can end up putting a figuring your design budget and putting it towards really nice amenities for the house. And I think that's where it's gonna be key. So let's, let me give you an example. If it was gonna take you $20,000 of a down payment and another 15,000 for furniture, now you've just switched it to only being $20,000 down because you got all the furniture with the house. And what that'll essentially do is in order to make your money back 100% and get the money you put in back, you'll need to make 20,000. So if you're making $1,000 a month, it'll take you 20 months instead of 35 to get your money back, allowing you to scale to that next house that much quicker. What's another thing, Mike, that people should be looking for? Yeah, so another thing people should be looking for is sort of those big amenities we look for, like a hot tub. A hot tub in the Poconos means a whole lot. Typically for us, it means 20% more um, in, in terms of the nightly rates and the weekend rates for the Poconos. And that's a pretty big expense if it's not already there. That can be a ten dollars to $15,000 expense, you know, to get the hot tub, to get the foundation if it needs there, to get the electric and all that sort of stuff built in. But if it's already there, you're saving so much money right away and you're, you're able to make so much more money on that house just having it there already. 
Yeah, if the goal is to keep the money in your pocket and have the bank pay for these extra things that are going to make you the extra cash flow. Yeah, it's a lot easier to pay in these things in 30 years versus right now up front out of pocket. Yeah, totally. Uh, and the last thing that you guys can look for is you want to look for a seller's assist. The market has softened a lot. Uh, it's going to get a little hairy with the appraisal, but if you can get the appraisal to, to hit, I just had a client offer on a house uh, for 460 with a 3% assist, essentially meaning he's getting about $13,000 back uh, to pay for his closing costs uh, from the seller, which is super nice because that's 13000 he would have had to bring to the table that he can't use towards the next house purchase. But because we got the assist, because the house appraised for 460 he's going to end up getting to keep all of that assist and be able to move on the next one that much quicker. Yes, I mean, with all these things combined, the amount of money you can just save just from getting the furniture, that's fifteen to twenty to twenty-five, thirty thousand dollars alone right there. Getting the seller's assist, that's five, ten, fifteen thousand dollars right there. And then getting the hot tub and other things like that, that's another ten, fifteen thousand dollars. So with all that together, you can save thirty to forty thousand dollars on every single house if you get all these things included. Yeah, and not to mention the way that you can finance it. With with a lot of these vacation homes, you get a vacation home loan or a second home loan. The only prerequisite is that you already own a house and it also has to be kind of far from where you live slash work because you're not going to vacation in the same town you live. A lot of you guys are going to be eligible for those loans and putting 10% down is a huge savings over 20%. So we'll just take a, a run-of-the-mill $300,000 house. You got 20% down, that's 60K. You've got to pay for furniture, that's another 15K. You've got to pay for the hot tub, that's another 10K. Right there, you're already an extra 55K in? Something like that. Right? 50, Next year, 55k. 55K. You have to pay your closing costs, but instead you got 3%, so that's another 9k. So now it's 64,000. Instead of coming to the table with 94,000, you're coming to the table with $30,000. How many more houses can you buy that way? You probably can buy two instead of one, if not three. So looking to just add all those little things in and make sure you're attacking and approaching the agreement of sale right is going to get you to that next level that much faster. Yeah, so what about this thing? I hear a lot of people tell me um, they'd much rather put down 20% because they don't have to pay the PMI. What are sort of your thoughts on that? And why why are people not wanting to pay this PMI that much? Yeah, so the PMI, is it's a really interesting argument by people who want to put more money down. Uh, PMI stands for private mortgage insurance. And what that does is it protects your lender because of the fact that, you, let's say you just you stop paying your mortgage and you go the lender is stuck with the house, they take the house back. The lender is gonna have to sell at a reduced rate just to, to get out. They're not in the game of real estate. They don't wanna try to sell it for full market value. They just wanna get their loan amount back and get out. So that kind of covers the gap if they have to lower the price too much or with the costs associated with them going through that process. That's what that insurance is for. There's so many people who want to, to put more money down, but it, do, it doesn't make sense to me in the sense that if even if you're buying your first home, going in at three or 5% down allows you to get started years in advance it when you're first getting started it takes so long to save the money up that you're going to need to make that play and it's the same with your second home uh, or any investment property that you're going to be buying you want to keep cash in your pocket so you're one you have more money in reserves to cover anything if anything goes wrong and two you can make the play on the next one sooner uh, it's it would be better to, to buy two houses at 10 percent than to buy two houses at uh, to buy one house at 20 and that's what it comes down to like to me is it worth putting down an extra 30,000 like my $300,000 example is it worth putting an extra 30,000 to not have a $100 PMI payment 
or would you rather that 30,000 go towards buying another house, which I'm assuming you guys are buying houses that are cash flowing more than $100 a month. And it's not even just the cash flow. I mean, real estate returns are a lot about the equity pay down that you have. Like to me, that's the number one thing you get in real estate. It's like a forced savings account. A lot of my loans, even off the initial payment, when it's the worst in the amortization schedule, are six, $700 a month off of the payment. Uh, you're paying the principal down. So that's like a forced savings account of six, $700 a month. I have over 20 places. So if you, you times 20 by $600, I'm automatically saving 12,000, getting tucked away every single month. So stacking houses and getting the pay down is the name of the game in my opinion. Oh yeah, I mean it just makes so much more sense. And I, I, I really don't understand people when they, they don't wanna pay that um, less than 20% because of the PMI. Cause if you really can't make that PMI that extra 150, $200 a month, um, then the deal probably isn't really a deal anyway. If, if that's gonna make or break your deal. Um, that's just kind of my thoughts on it though. That's a great perspective to have. If you can make a deal work at 3% down, 5% down, 10% down, chances are it it definitely works at 20%. And if you're looking at things from a 20% perspective, then you're kind of watering down the numbers. And I'd rather run it at 10% and then make the decision with 20 later as opposed to going with, with the heavier amount down. And it's, it's a conventional, like an old school conventional way of thought to want to avoid PMI. Like there's nothing wrong with that. It's definitely something you can do, but I wouldn't encourage it off the jump. Yeah, I just think it makes way more sense to be able to get in the game uh, earlier and, and as soon as you can. Um, because I think it makes way more sense to start off with, let's say, a house hack at 3% and then be able to jump into that second home at 10% and then maybe do a DSCR bridge loan at 15% and then jump into that 20% if you have to. Or even by that time, you might you know be a, be a year later and you can do another house hack at 5% again. I think it makes way more sense to save the money and just get in the game. And a lot of people get caught in this sort of analysis paralysis where – they just keep analyzing deals and deals and deals and never actually jump jump in. And I think a lot of people just need to take that leap of faith and just get started. Yeah, totally. If the numbers work, you've double-checked them, you've, you've shown them to a couple friends, they think they look good. Uh, we definitely do a good job of that on, on our team, uh, getting a second, third set of eyes on things because some of us get excited, some of us put rates a little too high, some of us are a little too conservative. And once we all kind of compare notes, you're going to get the right answer. It's like being able to take a math test, but you get to look at the person's paper beside you on the left and right before you submit your answer. You're only going to be in a better scenario. Yeah, totally. Um, let's 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 talk about, about the uh, let's talk a little bit about the Poconos and sort of what what's what's the power in being in a good HOA. Why is choosing the right HOA super important? One of the biggest things I'd say with choosing the right HOA is is sort of the areas. A lot of the HOAs are in proper areas, and, and some of them are in, in not proper areas. And what I mean by that is one of the biggest things in the Poconos is the skiing. People come from all over to come and go ski, and some of the biggest places in the Poconos are um, Jack Frost and Big Boulder, which are, are right next to each other. They're, there's some pretty big mountains, as well as there's Camelback, which is not too, too far. Um, some of the better HOAs for that are Lake Harmony. Lake Harmony and Split Rock are, are right next to the Big Boulder Mountain, and people go to those HOAs and stay in those places just for those mountains. Yeah, absolutely, and that's one of the reasons Lake Harmony is the most prestigious community in the Poconos. Uh, it's, it's right next to the ski resorts, and you can feel a difference there, and that's why I think the HOA you're in is so important. When you drive through these places, like it's, it's one thing to look at houses online to be like this house is sicker than that house this house is a better price because this house is sicker than that one 
Uh, like it, it makes more sense. But when you go through and you actually go into these communities, there's vast differences in what you're experiencing. I'll give you guys an example. We, Mike and I are driving through these communities every other day, getting the experience of, of being there. And just like you guys, like I'm going to get hit with an immediate feel of like how comfortable I am with an area. So some neighborhoods we're driving through and it's like warfare trying not to get hit by a, a kid on a bike or like not having these these kids like throw stuff at your car. I mean, that's never happened. But just to make the example more prompt, like that's one neighborhood you might have like a lot of people who live there, a lot of kids running around. You might have things to worry about. Whereas in another neighborhood like Lake Harmony, Mike and I looked at a house the other day. We roll up in a Tesla. There's three people in slingshots that are just like super cool colors. So they're just like riding around, rolling around, having a good time up in Lake Harmony. It's, it's just a totally different feel. Like there's, there's people there to have fun and the vibes are super high. Like people go to Lake Harmony to have a good time. There are other communities that you go there and it doesn't feel like it's about having a good time. It feels like there's other things being brought into the mix and your guests are gonna experience that too. You're buying to have a short-term rental. Would you rather have your guests roll up and seeing a bunch of people kind of playing, playing beer pong in their yard out in front of the lake rolling around in slingshots or would you rather hear a mom screaming at her kid that he's got to do his homework like it's it's two different things completely what do you think mike oh no totally like you you notice right away when you're driving as soon as you pull up to the neighborhood and you see these two big grand houses on your left and right and when you're driving through these neighborhoods and you're breaking your neck to look left and right at these amazing like sometimes multi-million dollar houses it just it just feels right like there there is nothing like it in some of these other neighborhoods in in the Poconos that are there sort of nearby um, and then, and you can most definitely find some some properties in there that are are sort of nicer in these other places but there really is nothing like Lake Harmony and Lake Naomi yeah I totally agree and to get away from the fact that like money is what's driving these communities to make them so much better I, I want to go back to the point like if you're looking online at a house, and you find this like super sick house, it looks like a mega mansion, but if it's in a community that the people aren't that great, that makes a big difference. And it's, like I said, it's not all about the money. Like Lake Naomi, you go for a run in Lake Naomi. I, I had a friend come through sh showing him the area and he went for a run in, in Lake Naomi. Every person said hi to him. It, like he's not a house guy. He wasn't marveling over how cool the houses were. There are houses that aren't like super sick in Lake Naomi. But the fact that like everyone says hi, people are walking the dog, like it's a much different experience than what you can get in some of these other communities. And that's going to make a huge difference for how your guests feel. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, one of the biggest things people look for in Airbnbs, I mean, first off, people read reviews. When people are going and staying at places, people read the reviews on the Airbnb website. And when they're looking and they're, and they're seeing reviews like, oh, the neighborhood like is kind of trashy, like the neighbors have, you know, cars all over their yard. They have, you know broken down this or that in their yard they have tires they have you know they're yelling at each other when, when you have things like that in in the reviews you're probably not going to want to stay there but you're not really going to get these things in these these prestigious communities and you're not really going to have um sort of these unkept houses in these communities because they're 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 pretty strict on, on making sure that, they, that that stuff doesn't really happen there it doesn't fly there yeah i'll tell you firsthand um barb from lake naomi and i are like best friends and i mean that uh we communicate often. Um, she's she's on me about making sure certain things are up to par, and I do my best to make sure that happens because I want all my neighbors doing the same thing. Like I have no problem complying with all those rules and trying to keep everything up to snuff. Uh, the example of what she was on me for is one of our rentals. Uh, the trash cans didn't have a, a bare barricade, 
And I was like, Barb, I'm going to make that happen as fast as I can for you because I don't want bears to be comfortable roaming around this community. Yeah, that's, that's, that's one of the more funnier things. But, I mean, also, like, with, with kind of the Poconos and, like, sort of a lot of these HOAs, there's a lot of things that these more prestigious communities offer, like sort of having these these free access to, like, kayaks and paddle boards where you can sort of just go up and grab one and just, just go out in the lake. Or some of these other places have, like, golf courses or things like that. And when you're part of the HOA, you, you know, you can just go and use these, like, as you please. Yeah, and that's that's an incredible value. It's it's kind of rough that like you're kind of forced to pay for it in a sense with the HOA fees or like the per stay fees, but you as an investor you hate that because it kind of looks like it kills your bottom line. But you also have to factor in all of the the upside of that. Your guests are going to be able to use that. Like people are going to come here and they're going to think, what am I going to go do today? Like I've got a little time to kill. Having all of these little amenities right in your HOA. Like having a mini golf course set up, for example, you can go play mini golf for an hour before dinner and kill the time instead of having to drive out half an hour to go hit a hike or like there's there's just so many more things you can take advantage of within that community. Yeah, no, it honestly makes it worth it. And, and the, the, the per stay fee and sort of these HOA fees really, they're not actually all that bad. Like the, the average like HOA fee in the Poconos is anywhere from like 1200 to like $2,000 a year. Like that's not that bad. That's, that's something like anywhere from like a hundred to like 250 a month. That's, that's really not all that bad, honestly. Yeah. I mean, you have to remember where you're coming from. I think a lot of us are biased because we're used to HOAs, at least in Pennsylvania, like $70 a month, maybe $150 a month. But when I was living in Hawaii, HOA in my building just for my unit is $2,000 a month. And that's going to scare you guys. I know that sounds crazy. It is pretty crazy. But at the end of the day, like when you see these Poconos HOAs and they're asking you for $2,000 a year, uh, it's not a bad thing. That means you're getting you're getting something for that value. Whereas I think in Hawaii, they just try to rip you off. It's a very different sentiment here. Yeah, uh, just because they can. Totally. And the per stay and renter fees, I actually love those. I'm starting to really like the idea of those because the way that I think about it is those are security for regulations. A community that's been charging $50 a month and has half of their their community collecting $50 every rental. If you you break the numbers down, right? We did it at uh, Pocono Country Place the other day. There's 6,000 houses in that community. It's insane, absolutely insane. Let's just say 2,000 of them are short-term rentals. Every weekend, you're going to have a check-in. So every Friday, there's a check-in. Every Friday, you're getting $40 times 2,000 houses. It's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. What yeah. is that? What is that? What two thousand times forty eighty eighty thousand dollars? Yeah, eighty thousand dollars every weekend that the HOA is pulling in. Um, there's no way they're just gonna want to start losing that money. So, like you said, it is kind of a security for investors knowing that they're probably not gonna be changing those regulations at all because they're gonna be losing that much money if they decide to start trying to change it. Um, as well as what I mean. When they're already established anyway, it's, it's kind of harder to change those regulations because you do need, what, like 50% of the community to agree with the new regulations coming in anyway. Yeah, totally. And these communities are collecting these fees to, to keep the amenities where they are so that people want to stay there. Uh, the, it just makes sense from every angle for the HOA to do that, and that gives you protection and security down the line. Yeah, for sure. So what about sort of these, some of these other things located near um – these these HOAs like like some of the main shopping area like let's talk a little bit about my, that the Margaritaville coming up looming Margaritaville. Yeah, we so we drove past the uh, the site for that the other day. I believe they're getting started early in 2023. Where when very uh, soon actually where they're set. Yeah, it's, it's it's sneaking up on us now. 
but they're redoing the entire old Pocono Manor. Uh, it's a ton of land, a ton of space. I think they're putting in at least a thousand homes, hundreds of bungalows and other cool little uh, amenities. I mean, it's gonna be a full-fledged resort. There's obviously gonna be a Margaritaville bar and restaurant. There should be a Landshark restaurant. They usually come uh, accompanied with them. There's $1.3 billion going in. Billion with a B. That's that's a lot of money. And it's very central to most of the, the hot short-term rental communities in the Poconos. So that's just gonna be one more place to go, um, to go check out. It's, it's sort of like Kalahari, I would imagine, where if you wanna just go grab dinner there, or go hang out at Margaritaville, or maybe just go hit the pool for the day, you just either go grab food or you go pay to hang out at the pool for a little bit. And that'll be just such a huge perk. And with all of that coming in, they're talking about putting a, a rail line in from New York City. Uh, there's big talks. We'll update you guys on, on how official those are. But having people from New York City where there aren't really, there isn't really access to, to cars, most people don't have them, they're not gonna drive out to the Poconos. A lot of people already do. But for those that that section of the market who doesn't, now they have access to the Poconos, and I would imagine that railway is going to go close to the center of the Pocono area and region, aka where the Margaritaville Resort is going to be. Yeah, so there really is a lot of things coming to the Poconos. You got that Margaritaville, you got um, you you threw it in there, you snuck it in there. Kalahari. If those of you who don't know, that's the second biggest water park in in all of the United States. Um, it's it's a very big water park. Um, yeah, so you have Margaritaville, you have the, the rail line, which is huge. Um, you have uh, Kalahari. Great Wolf um, Lodge is Great a big Wolf one. Great Wolf Lodge is another big one, yeah. As well as, I do believe, I forget exactly which main company it is, but I do believe um, there's a this, that one ski resort company that buys a lot of the bigger ski resorts. Um, vale, I think it is. Yeah. Um, is actually buying, I believe, um, Jack Frost and Big Boulder, and I, I think they have big plans for that as well coming. That's such a telltale sign when a, a large player in the space is scooping something up. They know what's happening in the Poconos. They know what's coming. And what all of these things mean is your rental in the Poconos is going to be inadvertently marketed. And what I mean by that is with all of these attractions coming into town, people already like the Poconos, but there's still not full-fledged awareness on what the Poconos is. So with billions of dollars coming in to make these moves, they're going to make sure New York City knows what the Poconos is and that people have in their mind to come out to the Poconos. And where are they going to stay? They're going to stay with you. The question is, are you going to get into the game before it's all built up? Or are you going to wait till it's already there and now everyone's scrambling to get a house in the Poconos uh, down the line? Yeah, and I think I love that quote. It's like, the best time was yesterday. The next best time is today. And I, I really do believe that now is the time to jump into the Poconos market. Um, just with all these things coming – um, even at rates with the rat, it, you just got to find a deal that makes sense. It'll be a little bit harder, but you can find it. You know, you just refinance two, three years later when the rates go back down. Um, there's, there's always a deal to be made for sure. Yeah. And it, it's a great time to get in, man. I'm, I'm ready to go all in on the Poconos. Yeah. It's going to be super exciting, especially when a lot of these marketing dollars from these bigger companies jumping in like the Margaritaville, um, when they start pushing it to further and further out, cause, um, if, if I did a little bit back, back ago, I did a little bit of research on sort of what people are looking up sort of the, the term Poconos and like cabin and things like that. And there's a lot of places right around Pennsylvania. Most, most of the, the search traffic is coming from actually New Jersey um, and Maryland and other places right around the Poconos. But I, st I am starting to think that it's probably going to start expanding out further and more people are going to be, you know, hearing about the Poconos and coming to the Poconos with all these things coming into place. Yeah, and those states are, are such large states. I mean, the population of New York State is outrageous. It's probably number one in the country, uh, if, if, if not California. 
Um, we'll get to California. One day you guys will come check out the Poconos. One day. Um, we've got a lot of work to do over Big Bear and uh, Lake Tahoe. But one day maybe you guys will come check it out. But till then, there's still a ton of market share in New York, in Pennsylvania, in Maryland, in New Jersey. There's still a ton of market share there for people to come check out the Poconos. And it's it's not like it's a zero-sum game where if you win, someone else loses. The more people that put money into this area and the more people that buy things and start have interest in building up commercial, um, making their houses look nicer, making more things to do, everyone wins because then more and more people want to be here. Uh, and I've always lived by the quote, if you build it, they will come. And the Poconos is definitely experiencing that. Oh, most definitely experiencing that. Oh, Mike, what's that? What's that new place going in down the street? I feel like you're a big fan of it. <laughs> Wawa is coming up right near my place down the street and right where we're at now. Um, and I love Wawa. I used to work there for a little bit. Uh, it's one of my favorite places in the entire world. Yeah, I, I think there are now, that'll be the third Wawa within like 15 minutes. That's got to be a good sign. Yes, like, I mean, ju- I mean, just with the Margaritaville and all those things. When when big companies, like we said earlier, when big companies are looking and, and putting their places there, they know something we we probably don't know. They do tons and tons and tons, thousands of dollars worth of research into these places before they make big moves like that. So you know that if big companies like that are moving into those areas, something is happening for sure. I'm down to piggyback off of what they're doing, what Vale's doing, what Margaritaville is doing. If Nancy Pelosi's buying stock, I'm buying a stock. That's right. Yeah, exactly. You just kind of follow what these big guys are doing. They know what they're doing. They've been in the game. They're still in the game. So clearly they, they have some sort of more expertise than we do. So whatever they're doing, I'm, I'm down to just copy it. Just copy, paste exactly what they're doing, and, and there's no way you can lose. Yeah, and I already like it. Like I already like the Poconos. I enjoy it. Um, it's starting to become more of my home than Philadelphia or Hawaii are. Uh, and there's very good reason for that. I do think it's going to get a little too cold for me. I've never been a skier. So I might be more of the lake and the summer guy up here, the the fall and the spring. But Poconos, I genuinely like it. Yeah, it's the best place ever. And if anybody wants to, if anybody's curious and, and has been thinking about, you know, taking that step and coming to the Poconos, we do have these little small, what we call them, sweet pea cabins that we do actually offer on Airbnb. And if you hit us up either at Live Free with Mikey or at Live Free with JD on Instagram, we'll give you a 10% discount code you can use, um, 10% off your stay, and you can stay for as long as you want. Yeah, it'd be a great chance to – these are smaller places. They don't cost a whole lot, but they're ultra-modern cabins, and they're very central to everything. You guys come stay a weekend, come check everything out, experience the Poconos, and you'll definitely get a discount on us for that. Oh, yeah, they're super nice. So they're small, like one-bedroom, two-bedroom cabins. Um, they're all on one plot of land. There's four little cabins, and they're probably the nicest and best-performing places we have in all of the Poconos. Four for now. Four for now. Four for now. Soon to come, there'll be a fifth fifth place going up. Um, that'll be super cool. Um, also, we want to talk a little bit about our 43-unit deal we have coming up. Yeah, man. We're, we're right at the brink here. We've got the lender ready to close. We've got uh, one more bank that might also do it uh, with a little bit better terms. So we're really just squeezing it out at the end here to make sure we're, we're hopping into the best opportunity we can. But we've got a 43-unit deal that we're renovating across 11 acres, 28 of the units. Uh, they're all little cabins and cottages. We're going to make them ultra modern on the interior, put in a ton of tongue and groove wood paneling and really give it that Poconos aesthetic along with redoing the grounds. Uh, we've got a hundred thousand dollar landscaping budget that we're going to go in and we're going to take care of business and make sure that anyone who's staying there is going to have a great time, uh, there at the resort. Hearth and fire, hearth and fire resort. It's coming 2023. You will be able to stay. And we'll get a discount code for that too coming up. 
But uh, and that's only that's only about fifteen minutes from the the soon to be Margaritaville too, correct? That's right. Yeah, that's that's, right. that's must be super nice. And we do have maybe potentially. I think we decided to pickleball court going up there, right? It's looking like a pickleball court. Looking that's, like a pickleball court. That's what's court. in the final plans. That would be super cool. And we're gonna do what some some log cabin um or sorry barrel barrel saunas going up there. We do have the 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 idea. It's all in the budget for some barrel saunas. Uh, the other cool thing is every every place is gonna have a designated fire pit. Uh, we're going to be offering campfire packages, s'mores packages. Uh, there's talks of axe throwing. Um, that's kind of the cherry on top. If I can get that done first, got to get this deal closed out. But uh, I have been consulting some axe throwing companies on getting started there. Um, we have three parking lots. We do not need three parking lots. And one of them could easily be the home of the new live free axe throwing or probably hearth and fire axe throwing. That would be super cool. Yeah, basically that is the place to be once it comes. Um, is there any like sort of end date we have on when that'll be ready, or, or not quite yet? Is it a little too early for that? No, no. Uh, we should be closing in the next couple weeks. It'll take about five months to renovate, so that should put us uh, spring of 2023 should be the official everything's ready grand launch. But we're we are renovating a month at a time, so people will be able to start staying there this year. Okay. I mean, all that sounds super cool. I mean, there's definitely a tons of stuff coming to the Poconos itself, um, Margaritaville, you know, all that sort of stuff. Um, but for our investors and people who want to buy in here and rent out other people, what sort of things should they be looking for in um, a potential property to, to buy that people are going to want to, you want to have when they come here? Yeah, that's a great question. I guess it'd be easier if I just go through kind of my turnoffs for houses. Uh, one thing I want to make sure, and this is in any vacation rental, I want to make sure there's a large space for like a recreational room in, in the sense that like you can get a full fledged couch and a lot of seating for people who are coming up. It, like it has to make sense for the size of the place. No one wants to rent uh, a two bedroom apartment that has no space for four people to sit at the table. Um, and the same goes in the Poconos. Like if you have a four bedroom house and you think you're gonna be renting to say eight, 10 people, you better have like couch seating for eight to 10 people. You better have dining for eight people. Like it just, that has to be in line. So if that space isn't carved out, then I'm instantly gonna be turned off. Another thing I look for in any house, uh, as long as you're appropriate with the pricing is you wanna make sure that there's space in the backyard to set up a fire pit. Um, if you can have space for a hot tub, that's always a plus. Just having extra space outside, uh, being a little off of the main road, it's totally cool if you are right off the main road, as long as the back of the house has a lot of space that's kind of private. Yeah, another big thing to look for in that backyard space is sort of that seclusion factor. Are, how close are you to the other houses nearby? How many trees are there blocking you from those other houses? Is is other houses nearby pretty like loud? Are they like a little noisier? Or is there enough trees where it sort of blocks and it doesn't really matter as much? Um, like you said, are you close enough to the road or further away enough to the road rather where you're not really going to hear that, that traffic going, you know, in and out all, all, all days and nights of the, um, you know, the day. Um, if you're right on like a busy highway, it's probably going to be a little busier and a little louder for your guests. So maybe you want to make sure that that backyard is a little further set from that road. Yeah, totally. There, there was a house we looked at recently where you, you pull up into it and it's like, ah, oh, it's kind of close to the road, but then off the back of the house, they have a deck that overlooks the whole backyard, totally secluded. The backyard was huge. You could totally set a bunch of stuff up out there between the fire pit and a hot tub and have your own little retreat out back uh, and not have to worry about what's going on out front. Yeah, and it was just a house we saw the other day with, um, it was super cool. It had, it had sort of that fire pit area and that hot tub, but it also had a volleyball court, which I thought was, was something that was really cool. And I haven't really seen too many of those um, here in the Poconos yet. 
Yeah, that was definitely an interesting play for them to put. They had so much space in the backyard. Uh, it definitely made sense for them to try to do that. Pretty cool. Pretty cool concept. It was a really big house. You can definitely fit uh, two teams of volleyballers in there. Yeah, for sure. But other than that, like, what about like the houses in general? What sort of um, bedrooms are we looking for? Let's go through a little bit of the tiers. What sort of things are you looking for in those, let's say, one to two to three bedroom places that you wouldn't necessarily be looking for in those three to four bedroom places? Yeah, so you have to you have to tailor it to the type of guests you think you're gonna get. Uh, it's of all the searches that happen on online travel agencies like Airbnb and VRBO, thirty five percent of them are couples. So that's two people looking for a place to stay. So romantic getaway is definitely a good move or a group of two friends that are traveling so you want to cater to a a two-person crowd like oftentimes it's confused that it's always the best idea to be able to sleep a ton of people like in a vacuum then in that case you'd have a a one-bedroom place and you'd put two sets of bunk beds in to sleep four people but that's that's not what you do right you guys you put a king mattress in there and you make it super comfortable for the couple that's coming to stay and you try to make it as cozy as possible uh, that's the, the, the one two bedroom price point, the cozy little cottage. Those go anywhere from like 200 to 300 for a really good one. Uh, and depending on the community, like I think there's times where if you're in Lake Harmony, the, the coveted place we've been talking about, I don't see a problem paying over 300 for a two bedroom place. As long as everything about the place is absolutely sick. Oh, most definitely. And you're really trying to look for those small, like a frame, like cabin, really like cabin vibe places. Um, for the smaller place. That's really what people are looking for. They're, they're going on Airbnb and they're typing in cabins in the Poconos and they're picking the coolest one they can find. Yeah, totally. You're going to want to take your girl to the, the coolest place. Um, that's what she's going to want. So if, if she likes it when you're going to pick out a house, that's great. Or if he likes it when you're going to pick out a house, that's great. Or show your sister, show your mom, like whatever it is, make sure it appeals to the masses uh, when you're picking a place out. And the smaller places have a lot higher occupancy. You're probably looking at 60 to 80% at those places. Uh, the larger places, however, I'll let Mike take it from here, and usually the price points go up a bit. What do you? What have you been seeing, Mike, in tier two? Yeah, so it's it's a little harder to, to sort of get into those uh, three, four bedroom places just because there's so many of those in the Poconos market. That's the really the mass of sort of the inventory that is on Airbnb is those three to four bedroom places, just because that's typically you know back back when it wasn't so much a vacation market. Um, people are really more so living here now. And I don't, I don't mean vacation market. I mean like Airbnb, short-term rental market. Um, people were actually living here with families. So a lot of the places that were being built were sort of these, these bigger three to four bedroom places. Um, so it's a little harder to find places that, that really are going to cash flow and make as, uh, as much money as these these smaller cabins or these, these bigger places we'll get into. Um, but there's definitely still some you can find there. Um, but the things you're really looking for, you're really looking for those those value add plays like those hot tubs, those tennis courts, those those um, volleyball courts and saunas, just sort of all these things like that. Um, even like a game room or a movie room, if possible, to try to add in there to to make it really worth that stay. That's absolutely right. The the three or four bedroom houses with all the competition, you want to make sure you're buying something in the elite tier of offerings. So if you have a three or four bedroom house. There should be more than just a living room and dining room. You should have either like a finished basement or another section of the house that has like a recreational area where you can put a pool table or an air hockey table uh, or some arcade games, a bar. Like all of those things is are what you – they're not like things to look for. They're mandatory if you're buying a three- or four-bedroom house. Oh, most definitely. You really do have to compete in that sort of three- and four-bedroom place because like I said, there there's so many listings out there. You're, you have to be one of the best to, to make money and just to, to, to make it work. 
Yeah, totally. Like my buddy that's buying the the four hundred sixty thousand dollar house I mentioned earlier, it's got a hot tub out in the backyard. It's on over an acre of land. It's super secluded. Uh, there's tons of bedrooms. It's got the rec room with the the pool table. Like it, it's got everything you could could want in a house to be hanging out in. The living room is oversized. The dining table is oversized. Like everything you could need is, is there. There's plenty of parking for as many cars as you would want, and you would never bother the neighbors. It's fantastic. Yeah, for sure. What what about some of these bigger like five to six bedroom or even four five six bedroom lakefront houses that we look for? What what are we looking for in those places? So that's the final tier, my friend. And I think there's a really interesting opportunity right now to grab houses that are in the four hundred thousands that are lakefront, and they have frontage and basically entire backyards that overlook the lake. So you could set up the coolest outdoor areas. You can have a volleyball court like right next to the lake. Like so many opportunities and they're priced in the four hundred thousands. You put a hundred thousand into fixing it up and now you have like one of the coolest lake houses in up in the Poconos. If you're not doing the work yourself, you're probably looking at at least six fifty, seven hundred thousand dollars uh for a lakefront house here in the Poconos, and that's the third tier. There are gonna be people who want to be on the lake, it's mandatory for them. And I mean it it's cool. Like everyone wants to sip a cup of coffee in front of the lake. So uh if you're willing to spend that much and it's not a bad idea. These homes also make a considerable amount of money, and there's much less competition for people buying them. Lakefront could totally be the play, and Tier 3 could be for you. Yeah, I mean, just imagine of you and how sick that Instagram photo is going to look of you sitting there, selfie of you in this sick lakefront house right in front of the lake, the coolest shot ever, sunset, sunrise, whatever it is. That's, that's the coolest Instagram photo ever, in my opinion. Yeah. You throw, it doesn't get better than that. Throw a fishing rod out there. You have a book in your lap. You have a cup of coffee. Or it's you and all of your friends, uh, and you all—you guys all just got done playing playing volleyball or, or jumping in the lake, like group photo, squad pic. There's there's just so much potential with some of these lakefront houses, uh, and it's it's very serene. You you didn't leave the city so that you could uh, not hang out by the lake. Yeah, and really, out of anything, I do notice there's a lot of those plays right now of those where you can scoop up those lakefront houses for that 400k price range that only do need 100k or less worth of work and furniture and just a little bit of love that'll push it right into that top tier of listings and they're just going to be cash flow crazy and then not even that but just alone and the appreciation is going to make in the in the years to come it's going to be astronomical and just just absolutely insane i think that's honestly one of the best plays right now if you have sort of more of that cash in hand right now go for one of those lakefront places it needs a good bit of work um, and just, you know, you make your money work that way. I think that's one of the best plays right now. I know of three places right now, less than 400K, that are going to need less than 100K worth less, of work. Less than 500K. Le- okay, okay. Less than 500K, um, they need less than 100K worth of work that'll, that'll absolutely crush. Yeah, you'll, you'll instantly gain at least fifty to 100000 in equity. And the, the thing to remember is we live in these pricing softwares. We're looking at what houses are making all the time. You are not going to get a lakefront house and make less than $100,000 a year gross. You're not. Easily. I, even I have not, not seen one. Even if it's not fixed up. If it's fixed up, you're not making 150000 to 250000 unless your house is lakefront. So if you want to be in that 100000 to $250,000 gross revenue mark, you're going to have to get the lakefront. Uh, and it's, it's a really cool option. Mike, we need to grab one of these houses. I would love to grab one of these houses. Let's, uh, let's, 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 we'll get on right after the episode. Um, so let's let's sort of just run through sort of all the things we look for in a house. Let's sort of like what what checks all of our boxes in these these top tier of places. Um, 
one of the biggest things being, um, like you said, sort of that, that space for that rec room area. Being able to add in that game room or that movie room is really going to make people click and, and want to go to your property. Not only that, but also there's those added things on the outside, like the hot tub or the sauna or sort of the, the volleyball courts and things like that. Um, after that, you pretty much just have um, the, the lakes and um, the, the relation to the ski resort, how close you are to those. And then even after that, you do have all the, all the HOA amenities. So it's sort of like those tennis courts and basketball courts and things like that. Yeah, I mean, you just nailed it. That's everything you want to be looking for here in the Poconos. And then so real quick, what are some of the biggest things we, we really want to stay away from? We kind of touched on a little bit before, but what are the biggest things we want to stay away from? It's, it's really just about what you, you have to have. Like there's things, that, boxes that have to be checked. And if they're not there, then the house is not going to work. Um, and I would encourage you guys to, to think more with your imagination and, and think like a kid when you're approaching these houses. Like you want to go for the, the cooler houses. You don't want to go for saving money. Like you want, if you're, if you're a father, you want your son to pick the house, not your dad. Yeah. I, I could not have said that better myself, honestly. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much it. We we gave you guys a lot of lot of good information here um, to kind of summarize everything we talked about. Um, sort of just making sure that when you're coming to the Pocono, or sorry, when it, when you're looking for a place to buy in the Poconos, you're looking in in a good HOA in a good area. Um, you're looking for all those characteristics and things that you look for um, that we talked about in a house and, and the property that it has. Um, other than that, there's there's tons of things coming to the Poconos like the Margaritaville like the things that are already here you have the acela train coming uh is there a date on that quite yet or, or not really we need to do some research mike we can do some research on that and uh and we'll figure it out for you guys maybe in the next episode or one of the ones to follow um dude you know what's really funny whenever we look at like a super sick house the reason i know it's sick is because next time i hang out with carrie and her friends carrie will bring up that specific house and tell her friends she'll be like oh if you guys come visit the poconos jd will buy us this house that had this hot tub that's lakefront yup some of the coolest houses, yeah, for sure. Um, but that's pretty much all we got for you guys. Anything else you wanted to like throw in there uh, before we end it off? Or? Go Bills. We've got a 1 o'clock game tomorrow. Super excited for Josh Allen to show up and show out for us. That's right. Uh, but anyways, guys, uh, that pretty much brings us to the end of the episode. Um, if you liked it, feel free to leave us a comment on either of our Instagrams, um, at LiveFreeAndLikeYou, like at LiveFreeJD. Also, if you are interested and want to you know, get some more information on those little sweet pea cabins I was talking about, um, hit us up on Instagram. We'll give you that 10% discount code. Stay there for as long as you want. Bring all your friends. Um, you can even – we've had people before book out all four cabins for um, bachelorette parties or bachelor parties, and, and they had uh, tons of fun. Um, the reviews we get there are just astronomical out of this world. They're, it's, it's such a – great vibe there i've stayed there a few times myself and it was it's pretty fun um but other than that yeah just leave us a review it really helps out a lot let us know you want to hear more from us and if you want to be on the podcast actually uh, we don't really usually mention this but um in both of our link trees in our, in our instagram bios you can fill out a little form and, and be on the podcast so you just might see yourself on a podcast next if you fill that out that's absolutely right and we've got stiff competition we've got a uh author coming on next week someone who has over 192 million dollars worth of real estate under management uh this guy's Absolutely a killer crazy you guys do not want to miss the next episode our our guy rob's coming on to, to lay it down for you yeah stay tuned for that guys but for anyways uh live free and have fun live free